37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal. This is episode 154. Now, right now, it's that time again. Everybody's so caught up with what's going on with COVID and their personal lives and everything else. It's been very easy for things to fly past you under your radar from what's going on in the news. But that's okay, because even though you didn't happen to notice, we did. So we are here once again to give you guys the news you didn't know. Now, before I go any farther, do you guys have any announcements you want to make? Anything new in your lives? Anything going on? No, but I was just going to make a comment real quick about your what everything that you just said. Mm-hmm. That that's important for the news at the very end that we're going to talk about. And I think mm-hmm. the reason why this news is coming out is because everybody's so caught up with everything else. And mm-hmm. four years ago... Around the same time, the same thing happened. Everybody was caught up with a certain somebody being voted in as the president that some news flew under the radar, and it's all going to tie in together, baby. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, we saved the biggest story for last so we can get all this other juicy stuff out of the way. So, Steve, anything new with you? Nothing. Nothing. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I just got a brand new Spider-Man David Bowie tattoo, so that's pretty rad. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, first up, Preston, this first news story uh, flew under my radar, and I don't know if you saw it. Steve, you may have. You've always got your finger on the pulse. But uh, because Preston and I are just two old curmudgets, uh, and we, you know, have this absolute protest adopting anything new and technological, especially, you know, apps, mm-hmm. this first story comes to us from something that happened on TikTok. Fuck TikTok. Second week in a row we've talked about TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I know. Isn't that weird? It's funny. <laughs> so two bags of human remains were found on a Seattle beach Friday. Now this comes let me let me preface real quick, guys. The news we're gonna read tonight is anywhere from June through July. So the last two months. So that's uh that's more a little more relevant here. So okay. Two bags of human remains were found on a Seattle beach Friday back on June 20th and were reportedly discovered by a group of teens as they filmed a TikTok video. One suspicious bag was found on the West Seattle shoreline of Elliott Bay across from the Pikes Place Market. A second bag was later found floating in the water nearby. While police have not said yet who made the grisly discovery, a TikTok video posted Saturday by a group of teens appears to show them stumbling across a black suitcase dumped on the rocks of the waterfront. So this really is a modern-day stand-by-me. Quote, something traumatic happened that changed my life, TikTok user Ugg Henry wrote. We found this black suitcase, a video caption reads, We were joking that maybe the suitcase would have money, but then the smell was overwhelming. A girl is seen then in the video using a stick to look inside the luggage after a friend behind the camera yells, Open it! Oh, it stinks, yo! 
The teens are heard laughing in the video, but then they state the smell made them a little scared and nervous. In the next shot, a caption says they called the police as a girl is seen talking on her cell phone. The teens only learned later the suitcase held a dead body, according to police. Now, after officers responded to the call, they said several bags were found at the scene, and then investigators were determined human remains were inside. It's unclear if the remains were male or female, or if they belonged to more than one person. The police have not said yet whether the bags were dumped on the beach or brought in by the tide. The Harbor Patrol and the King County Medical Examiner's Office are working with detectives in the investigation, but no further details have been released as of June 22nd. But have no fear, guys, because we have follow-ups, because we dig the deepest. The deep. I'm just going to say before you get the uh, the second one, this is like Russian Grandma 2.0, where yeah, she was dude. Like going in and chopping up bodies and then like dumping the bags out by the river. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's, that's exactly right, dude. But that's all right, because we have a follow-up from USA Today. Seattle authorities have identified the remains of two people found stuffed inside suitcases discovered last month by a group of teens making a TikTok. So this is a follow-up in earlier this month in July. Jessica Lewis, a 35-year-old mother of four children, and her longtime boyfriend, Austin Winner, 27, both died from gunshot wounds, according to the Kings County Medical Examiner's Office. The suspected homicides are estimated to have taken place about 10 days before the TikTokers found their bodies on the shores of Alki Beach on June 19th. The TikTok video showing the discovery of the suitcases that were later found to contain the two bodies garnered national attention across last month. The teens said they were led there to the location by Randonautica, an app that was created to, quote, encourage users to venture outside their day-to-day routine, <laughs> according to the website. And we'll talk about that here in a sec. And, of course, they recount here in the video the teens laugh about finding a suitcase before they opened it up, blah, blah, blah. We're glad the video's out there, said Seattle Police Detective Mark Jamieson. We spoke to the people involved, and they corroborated some of the information. And now Lewis's Aunt Gina Jasky is issuing a plea for help in the interview she had on NBC, saying, Somebody knows something. The tip line for the Seattle police is 206-233-5000. Now, I was trying to figure out what exactly Randonautica was, because again, I'm old bulls. Randonautica.com, it looks kind of like a uh, oh Atlas Obscura 2.0. So if you guys go to that, R-A-N-D-O-N-A-U-T-I-C-A, Randonautica, it pops up and says, Randonautica, the world's first quantumly generated choose-your-own-adventure reality game. Explore the world you never knew existed. The Randonautica app puts the user in in the director's chair of an adventure story yet to be written. By using the app, the user can break from their mundane day-to-day and take a journey of a randomness into the world around them. Mind matter. Minds matter. Your mind is your guide as you observe and view the world differently. Traveling into the unknown is a journey like no other. So I don't know how this thing works, and we are not condoning the use of this because we don't know anything about it, but uh, I think it does beg us to dig a little deeper and figure out what exactly this is. And maybe the three of us throw on some masks and go on a little adventure of our own. 
Right. I just I feel like that's going to end badly for one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it very well could. It very well could. Well, up next, guys, let's head over across the pond to discuss our favorite cryptid creature. Fuck that. It ain't our favorite. It might be Steve's <laughs> favorite, but it's like it's not bottom either. five for us. It's Preston's. Uh, <laughs> a tourist's holiday photo reignites the Loch Ness Monster debate. Now, this comes to us from June 24th. A tourist in Scotland on holiday snaps a picture that reignites the claims that Nessie is alive and lurking in the loch. Steve Chalice from Southampton took the shots from the bank of the Loch Ness while visiting Eukahart Castle on holiday, reports the DailyRecord.com. While taking photos, Chalice spotted what he thought was a big fish trailing through the water. He said, I started taking a couple shots, and then this big fish came to the surface, and then it went back down again. Chalice said he only captured the fleeting creature on camera once, but got shots of the tail that it left behind. He said it was about 2.5 meters long, so about 7, 8 foot long. And he said he was standing roughly 27 feet from the lake when he took the photo. Chalice finally got the chance to trawl up through his holiday photos during his recent United Kingdom coronavirus lockdown. He shared the image online of the large unknown creature in hopes of identifying it, believing it was something mundane like a giant catfish or a seal. The diverse holiday photos quickly gathered comments from people speculating the creature was indeed the Loch Ness Monster. Chalice says he doesn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster, however, and there must be a non-mythical explanation of the sighting. He says, my guess would be that I captured something like a catfish or something like that. As seals get in from the sea, then I expect that's what it might have been, and it would explain why these sightings are so few and far between. Hmm. So, what do you guys think? Uh, the photos on the very top there. Loch Ness Monster or Giant Catfish? Giant Catfish. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Because there is a follow-up like on a uh, June 25th. Yeah, on June 25th, the next day, somebody did post some articles on the sun.co saying that what they believe he got was a picture of a giant catfish instead of Loch Ness Monster. This guy's tweet from uh, March 1st, 2018 says, Imagine having this 286-pound monster on the end of your fishing line. This incredible catfish was landed by Benjamin Grunter after a legendary fight. And it shows this guy holding a giant catfish that's the size of a sea lion. But what's interesting is you see the patterns on the side of this fish this guy caught. They're just about identical to the patterns you can see on the side of the photo of this uh, supposed Loch Ness Monster. Damn, they almost look exactly the same. A little bit. Yeah. And I mean, we're in a day and age where you can't believe anything you see online because people can Photoshop shit. But basically, they say the, the catfish's pigmentation matches the patterns on the creature this guy took a photo of, making it more and more likely that it's a catfish. And of course, we know there were some Kiwi scientists that came through the lock uh, a couple years ago, ruling out that the uh, Loch Ness Monster was more than likely just a giant eel instead of anything else. But the story doesn't end there, guys, because a Loch Ness Monster has been sighted again one month later. It's popping up everywhere. <laughs> right? After seeing a 12-foot-long hump in the water, a man captures an interesting footage of what he believes could be the Loch Ness Monster. 
Ross McCauley, who is a firefighter as well as a forestry worker, has spent his entire life around Loch Ness, but was never a believer in the creature. However, on July 8th, he witnessed something so strange, it baffled him and his firefighter colleagues. While he's driving outside of Fort Augustus, he happened to look over the water, to which is approximately 200 feet below the road, and that's when he noticed a couple of kayakers. But there is something odd just below the surface of the water, a hundred yards in front of them. He initially thought it was just nothing more than a large rock, and he kept driving. Then he started to think to himself he'd never noticed a large rock in that specific area before. When he went back, he noticed the object had moved and was now out in the middle of the lock. Kayakers were much further behind it, and the creature must have done 400 yards in a minute against the wind, he explained. He went on to describe what he witnessed. I started filming for over five minutes. There was no long neck, no head, just the hump. I would say it was probably 12 feet long and 4 feet wide at its widest point. It was light gray and it went under the water and then up and down and then it disappeared. I've seen seals dozens of times in the lock, but this was far too big to be a seal. It was not a log and it was traveling against the wind. If somebody can explain it to me what I've just seen, that would be great, but I just can't explain it. I never thought I'd be one of those guys seeing Nessie. Mm, the video's not that impressive. It's pretty much, by the time he zooms in from where he's at, it's just kind of a blurry, lighter gray blob in the gray water. So, again, Nessie escapes us. Catfish. <laughs> Got catfished by Nessie. But that's not all for cryptid sightings, guys, because we're going to head stateside and talk about old Sasquatch. Mmm... Now we go to Whitehall, New York, where they just made Bigfoot their official town mascot. On OnlyInYourState.com, they say, if you take a look around New York, you'll find that some of the best small towns in our state tend to have the most whimsical and head-turning reputations. If you head out to central New York, you can follow the yellow brick roads out of town to Chittenango, where down in the Hudson Valley you can find an actual UFO sighting capital in Pine Bush. If you're wondering what sort of unusual towns you can explore within our state, then you're going to be utterly fascinated by the fact that a small town in the Empire State just named Bigfoot its official town mascot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Way up north in Washington County, there, if you're not too far from the state's border, the small town of Whitehall has recently made news after announcing that it had officially made Bigfoot its town mascot in a vote that was made 4-0 to by town hall representatives. If you're at all unfamiliar with Whitehall, the town has quite a few prominent ties with the legendary mythical creature and even has four Sasquatch statues in the town that you can stop and take a picture with. Throughout the course of history, many of those who've lived here in Whitehall have claimed to see what they say is Bigfoot himself, with stories and sightings of the creature dating all the way back into the 1960s. And yes, even the town's law enforcement has gone on record to say they too have witnessed Sasquatch making his way through the area. With such an extensive history with Bigfoot, the town even eventually went on to create the annual Sasquatch Festival, and also a Bigfoot half marathon for everyone to participate in. The town's love and true belief for Bigfoot doesn't stop there, though. If you head on over to North William Street, 
you'll even be able to find the Sasquatch Saloon, an entire Bigfoot-themed restaurant on the water that's become quite a hit among all visitors. So if you're wondering what it's like to check out the Bigfoot sighting capital of the world, I'm going to argue that that's not the Bigfoot capital yeah, sighting no capital shit. of the world. <laughs> then start planning your trip for the last Saturday of one of these upcoming Septembers so that you can experience the Sasquatch Appreciation Day for yourself. So let's start the GoFundMe and let's take a vacation, boys. I'd love to go to some of these things on these only only in your state <laughs> website. Yeah, is it pretty cool? Yeah, I mean, I've looked at this website quite a bit. Huh, we gotta check it out and see what other kind of cryptid yeah. stuff might be on there. Yeah. Where do you guys think the uh, the Bigfoot sighting capital of the world would be? Washington. Yeah, that'd be Washington, Washington or right? Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New York's trying to flex. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck New York. <laughs> All right, Preston, you've also got something fairly odd for us, too. Yeah. Just recently, July 25th this year, university professor reveals he's discovered a population of fairies and publicly shows the proof. Professor John Hyatt has recently issued quite a bizarre statement, to say the least. He reported that he had met up in the past with multiple strange creatures that were never before reported by academia. And according to them, they do not exist to begin with either. Needless to say, making such statements is always just inviting trouble as most people will begin shunning you down for it and mocking you almost instantly. The only way to fight the criticism is with hard-earned evidence, which is exactly what John brought over. He claimed that a whole civilization of fairies live in the English countryside of Rossendale, and he's brought pictures to back up his claims too. He stated that the fairies are very similar to us physically, except for the overall size of the body, were particularly identical to one, of another, one to one another. He's not the only one with proof, however. Back in 2009, a woman named Phyllis Bacon snapped a quick photo of what appears to be a living fairy around her garden in New Addington, South London. But it doesn't end here. Francis Griffiths also reportedly fell into a stream while playing around with these fairies back in 1917. According to most reports, it's actually quite impossible to resist their temptation and their charm. And if they seek something that you can provide, you can't fight it in the slightest. So what do you guys think? Look at the photos. Moths, fairies, bullshit, all the above. You know... It's funny because John Hyatt came public with these fairy photos back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Because you can go back and find HuffPo articles where he first announced that he saw these things. Uh, I don't know, man. I want to believe. <laughs> like everything else we talk about, I really want it to be true. I want something to be more out there than just paying bills, eating, sleeping, and then repeat, you know? But I don't know. Uh... You know, people have looked at these photos and come out and said that the DPI matches all the way through the photos. They don't seem to be faked or photoshopped. Everything kind of lines up the way it should be. But again, by now, we've probably got people who are smart enough to go ahead and fake stuff like this. I don't know. It looks kind of like mayflies, but then they've got anatomy like a human. They've got a clearly defined head. Uh, what looks to be arms, a short torso, and long legs. To me, it's it's one of them things. I, it's something I can't believe in. <laughs> yeah. Fairies, yeah. It's something about mm-hmm. it. It's a weird. 
It's just like it's I don't know. It's not weird. It's just that it's like you mean to tell me after we did a, a three parter on fairies, you're coming out now and saying it's not real. <laughs> it's just it's one of them paranormal weird things that I just it's hard for me to even like. I don't know. Maybe it's just because yeah. people like dressing up as fairies and stuff. Like my sister's been doing that with she does this like thing called flow. It's like this like dance stuff with these like ribbons and all this shit and they do it to music and she got hooked up with this fairy group here in Wichita and like they're a group that get together and they dress like fairies and have fairy meetings and they're all about it if that's what give, if that's what brings them joy cool but it's just like yeah you're not hurting anybody but weird <laughs> interesting well you know whenever we posted that uh, series of episodes about oh god uh thieves in the night you know i was oh yeah that very that very passionate fairy yeah there was a girl that reached out to me and gave me a really good ass chewing about how we weren't portraying fairies correctly and making fun of them and everything else so i mean i don't know man i i'm in the same boat with steve i think i want them to be real but it's easier for me to believe in a bigfoot than it would be a fairy mm-hmm. but again that's because maybe it's easier for me to uh Think of Bigfoot being more tangible, being an undiscovered ape versus a whole colony of tiny humanoid insect people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they did discover not too long ago a small group of pygmy-sized aboriginal natives in, like, the Amazon. And I'm sure those terms all probably don't line up, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they just found uh, just a whole village of these pygmies that lived there that hadn't been discovered. Their skin was red. I'm uh, most likely from, you know, dye from clay and stuff, but I don't know. So, Preston, where do you sit with that as far as fairies go? Where does that lay on your kind of spectrum? I want to believe in fairies, uh-huh. but the uh, the pictures that, that guy presented, um, they look like uh, Photoshop dipshit bugs. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can Damn. buy his story, but uh, deep down, I still I want to believe. Now, why is he back in the news now? Is it just a case of like this website just discovered yeah, his photos? Yeah, probably. It's one People of those. Are bored. Oh my god, this guy <laughs> just uh, discovered this, and look at the YouTube video that's dated for last week. So, <laughs> right? Okay, Rick. Like he probably like put all those like photos out like five years ago, but just now got around to like uploading the YouTube video. So, oh, maybe sure. Yeah, because as I say, we we may have even talked about this years ago on the show. But, yeah, I knew I remembered that guy, and I knew I remembered those photos specifically. Yeah. Well, who knows, man. If I go out in my garden tonight and see one, then I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't we have that uh, one listener uh, tell us that uh, down in Oklahoma she encountered fairies? Oh, you you know what? You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost said her name. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was a woman who... Went and stayed with her dad for a little while on a uh, Indian reservation, and I forget the details now. It's been long enough ago, but I want to say the detail was that her dad was like cooking meth, I think, in yeah. the trailer. Yep. And meth fairies. She, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But uh, yeah, what happened was she basically said that um, he was one of the best cooks in the area. And he started getting her kind of not really hooked on meth, but she'd use it once in a while. And then she'd help him kind of make the deals. And they'd set up a picnic table and he'd go out there and set up shop. And, you know, a lot of the father daughter bonding. Yeah. Native population would come see him and that's where they'd get their uh, their stuff from. 
And then one night she said she was sitting there in the middle of the night thinking about how just, you know, where her life had taken her. And then three orbs kind of flew into the room and it was pitch black. Her dad's asleep. And then when they got close enough to her, they uh, kind of changed form into fairies and told her basically she needs to get her life on track. Stop this is not taking the, the map. Don't do it. Get, the, get your <laughs> she, shit together. Uh, she was supposed to change her path. Well. And this is not the path she was supposed to take. And then she needed to leave, and then she basically called her mom the next day, I believe is what she said. Mom picked her up, and then the meth lab got busted, like, within the next day or two. Wow. Uh, we just called so the police I mean, I, on our I, little fairy phones. You need to get the fuck out of here now. <laughs> They're little jitterbug phones. <laughs> jitterbug. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, we got the appetizer out of the way. Let's move on to the main course. Like we said earlier, a lot of stuff's been going on, and forgive the pun, flying under the radar. So, back on July 24th, two airline pilots traveling over Arizona claimed they were passed by unidentified flying objects while flying at over 30,000 feet in the air on March 27, 2018. So an eyewitness claims to have spotted and photographed a fleet of UFOs flying over a forest in Connecticut. According to the eyewitness, the strange objects in the sky made no sound as they hovered in the sky. An unnamed eyewitness and his friend spotted the fleet of UFOs while they were on mountain bikes in the Kakaponaset State Forest, which is the second largest forest in Connecticut. As they were heading back to their cars, they saw three oblong-shaped objects hovering in the sky, according to their eyewitness testimonies. They said the objects had lights in the bodies, and based on one of the photos captured by the eyewitnesses, the lights can be seen at the bottom portion of the strange objects. The objects appeared to be hovering in a triangular formation in the image. The eyewitness noted the objects did not produce a sound when they appeared in the sky, and they remained motionless for several minutes before slowly flying away. One eyewitness said, At first, I didn't even notice these things until my friend pointed them out. They were dark, oblong shapes with some lights, nothing bright, and we didn't hear any noise. They didn't move for several minutes, so I thought I was able to take a few pictures. When they left, they just floated away slowly. The eyewitness thought the objects could be helicopters or blimps flying over the area, but since he wasn't sure what the objects could be, he decided to send one of the photos he took to the ET database. Scott Waring, the operator of ET database, noted the photo and report submitted by the eyewitness provided helpful information that could be used to verify UFO sightings. According to Waring, the eyewitness report offered important details regarding the features of UFOs. Now, unfortunately, there are no photos of these UFOs on this fucking article. Why would you do that? Yeah, this article looks like it might be uh, AI written. Oh, you think so? Yeah, which is common. Uh, that's gross. Yeah. Okay. So, moving on. Play Milan. <laughs> Man, talk about a hero who turned into a villain, huh? Yeah. Man, fall from grace. He might still redeem himself. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I see mean, Tony Stark was an See what happens with his best friend, while. Kanye. <laughs> now, on July 28th, UFO sightings are back. Is a black cube orbiting the sun proof of a NASA cover-up? 
the supposed appearance of an alien cube near the sun has sparked a viral UFO frenzy. One Twitter user said, With the reports of a giant cube near the sun, has anyone checked on the cuboid tower on Saturn recently? <laughs> I'm thinking it might have been a demon spaceship. It looks Ooh, like the fucking that cube from Star Trek the, with the Borg. Don't on. fucking say that. Yeah, as I say, please call it what it is. Yeah. The Borg cube. <laughs> the spaceship Borg cube. <laughs> That's what nerds. it looks like. Holy shit. That's cool. <laughs> really has anybody under- checked on the cube lately? <laughs> uh, to the cube! Yeah. The uh, recently unearthed UFO reports show a similar black cube was previously photographed by the NASA and ESA Solar and Heliospheric Observatory spacecraft. I didn't know anything about a cube orbiting the sun. Either of you guys hear about that? I have never heard nope. about that at all. Me neither. The discovery led to claims of a possible UFO cover-up by NASA. heard about the cube uh, orbiting Uranus. <laughs> oh. But... Huh. Daddy's been drinking again. <laughs> According to conspiracy theorist and UFO hunter Scott C. Waring, ah, there he is again. He's the guy from the last article. A black cube make, makes frequent appearances near the sun. Mr. Waring shared photos of the black cube in his blog, UFO Sightings Daily, all the way back in 2016. The UFO hunter said, This cube was caught between the Soho satellite and the sun. The cube has been seen before, off and on. Sometimes it can be seen in three dimensions, other times just in two. Mr. Waring went on to suggest the photos could be part of an active campaign to hide the existence of extraterrestrials from the public. Mr. Waring said there is also the possibility that NASA is using a black cube to cover up alien spacecraft that get caught in the SOHO images. (laughs) So it's just an edited... Boop, edited, not to see here, just a black cube covering up <laughs> UFOs. That, to me, honestly, that sounds about like the best possible uh, explanation of a black cube. I think we just crushed this one, boys. We solved it. Yeah, shit. That or Borg. Probably Borg. <laughs> that or Borg. <laughs> In 2018, Mr. Waring shared NASA photos of what he dubbed an alien Borg cube near the sun. And, of course, you can see several of those photos throughout his website, so... Okay, so there's two big UFO sightings here recently in just the 27th and 28th of July. Preston, what do you have? All right. Chris Ruthkowski, a research researcher who studied unidentified flying objects, said that UFO sightings across Canada have increased over 50% during the country's coronavirus lockdown. Rakowski tracks reports of UFOs cited by UFO organizations, Canadian government sources, and social media networks. He said that in 2019, there were 849 UFO reports. However, the number of Canadian reports between March and August was 50% higher than the amount reported last year during the same period. Most cases are just ordinary mistakes, misidentifications, but last year there were about 3% that remained unexplained, and that didn't seem to be airplanes, stars, fireballs, swamp gas, and all that other bullshit. The increased reports during the lockdown, Rukowski explained, included uh, pilots who received collision alerts on their transponder systems 
but who see no visible objects in the sky. Conversely, some air traffic controllers have reported seeing objects in the sky that don't show up on the radar. We're getting reports from just average ordinary people looking up at the night sky and saying, that's not a plane, that's not a star, that's definitely not fucking Superman. It's been flashing lights in different colors, we're not sure what the hell it is. Rakowski's hmm. reports on sightings said that most people see point sources of light, spears, and boomerangs. He has several theories to explain the increase of sightings. Perhaps more UFOs have been present and physically observed recently. There could be an increase in secret or classified military flights occurring over populated areas. More people may be at home during the lockdown and taking the time to observe the sky using the internet and other viewing technology. Newsweek contacted Rutkowski for comment. Ruthkowski's claim coincides with a recent New York Times report uncovering the U.S. Department of Defense's now disbanded decade-long program analyzing military encounters with UFOs through the military called Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, or UAPs. A July 23... UAPs. <laughs> yeah. A July 23rd report by the New York Times revealed that the U.S. Department of Defense also known as the Pentagon, ran a now-disbanded program for a decade called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, which conducted classified briefings analyzing encounters between the military and UAPs. On July 10th, Luis Elizondo, who once led the U.S. government's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, Jesus, AATIP. It's called ATIP, but... ATIP which was set up to investigate UAPs, said that the Pentagon has a lot more highly classified videos of UAPs. In April, the Pentagon verified that the military footage of UAPs released in 2018 and 2017 were in fact real. All this leads up to probably the most important news story to hit during this entire COVID outbreak. So I want everyone to take off their tinfoil hat. This comes from MSNBC. You can get it on MSN. You can get it on pretty much any national news site. Announced about four days ago, the Pentagon's UFO unit is going to publicly release some of their findings after ex-official says publicly they have discovered, quote, off-world vehicles. A Pentagon UFO unit will make some investigations public as ex-advisors suggest that, quote, vehicles not made on this earth, unquote, were placed in U.S. government storage. The team will update the U.S. Senate's Intelligence Committee on its unidentified flying objects, UFO, research every six months going forward. Publicly named in 2019 as the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, or the UAPTF, the Pentagon unit succeeded an investigative UFO program that was said to have been disbanded prior to 2017. One former official, Eric Davis, told the Times that he briefed the U.S. Department of Defense in March about the retrieval of what they called off-world vehicles not made on this earth. The Pentagon consultant and subcontractor said objects he believed, quote, we couldn't make ourselves, 
were discovered during his time in the unit where he was working since 2007. While no crashed artifacts have been documented in public, Harry Reid, the former Democratic Senate Majority Leader, told the Times that he, quote, came to the conclusion that UFO materials were in the government's possession. So Bob Lazar wasn't that far off, bitches. Man, vindicated. Yeah. Isn't that the song from Spider-Man 2? Vindicated! But he, uh, he later recanted that. Saying that the the researcher that interviewed him like had misquoted him, and I think that that that's a lie. I think that wait, Bob Lazar said that? No, the Harry Reid guy. Okay, I was like, fucking Joe Rogan interviewed Bob Lazar. Like one of the there's like a UFO researcher that put together like an interview with him, and he's like sitting there like spilling the fucking beans, and then like it started to get traction. And then all of a sudden he's like, whoa, whoa, well, no, 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 that's not what I said. I said that, uh, you know, with everything that the, the program found, that we should take UFOs and aliens serious and look at it from a scientific point of view. That's that's what I said. I never said that we actually had <laughs> UFOs. I just said that the shit's real. Like, he's sort of backtracking. Like, I don't think he realized, like, it was going to get that much traction. So he's like, fuck it, I'll give you a steak. And then the steak was good and people were biting on and he was like, Oh, Oh fuck me. I shouldn't have said that. Right. Well, it's like you said earlier, um, during these great big crises, they throw out these little tidbits of news because they're probably told, you know what, you have to release this to the public or else. And so they kind of toss it out behind their back, you know, during these huge, huge news stories, like, you know, the, the supposed, you know, rioters and all that kind of shit. Yeah, what a great time to drop this out in the news feed. Yeah. And there, I just got a an article that just popped up on my Bing. So whenever we're... And that actually, that happened, that happened back in 2015 because before Obama got out of office, he said, guys, like, disclosure's coming, disclosure's going to happen. I promise you before the end, you know, the end of the year's out, like, it's all, it's all going to come to light. But then all of a sudden, like the elections were taking place and everybody's like flipping their wig. And then all yeah. of a sudden, the New York Times is like, hey, by the way, we interviewed the Pentagon and uh, Robert Bigelow from uh, Bigelow Space Industries has warehouses in New York that has radioactive material from, you know, downed UFOs. And everybody just kind of like brushed it aside. And then now, like three, four years later, like on my Facebook be like that article will pop up and everybody's like <laughs> in your oh. memories <laughs> yeah, no like just on like an actual like it'll be posted as a oh. current article like some dipshit will post and be like oh my god guys did you just see they said aliens were real and i'm like motherfucker that was from years ago you're just now catching on to this <laughs> maybe that's what happened with that fairy article yeah they just now got onto it well he said after looking into this i came to the conclusion that there were reports some were substantive, some were not substantive, but they were actual materials that the government and the private sector had in their possession, said the former Senate F4 Nevada. If it's not known what details the Pentagon unit will provide the Senate, whilst Acting Intelligence Committee Chairman Marco Rubio said last week that his priority was to uncover... Little Marco. <laughs> his priority was to uncover who was behind the unidentified flying vehicles seen over American military bases. We have things flying over our military bases in places where we're conducting military exercises, and we don't know what it is. And it's not ours, said Rubio to CBS Miami. 
frankly, that if it's something from outside this planet, that might actually be better than the fact that we've seen some technological leap on behalf of the Chinese or the Russians or some other adversary, said Mr. Rubio. The Senate committee mandated the Pentagon unit to, quote, standardize collection and reporting on unidentified aerial phenomenon as part of the 2021 spending plans on intelligence agencies. Now, what does that mean in short, boys? I think disclosure is happening. Yeah. They're still gonna now, re- is that not... They're still going <laughs> to retract certain things and documents Probably. and black it well, out. Look, I, I, I can't believe that um, you know, like he was saying that it, it's something that's coming from like Russia or China, because in that original article in 2015, there were some craft, like 20% of it was like from Russia and then the rest of it was like from China, but it's all shit that they stole from us. Like it's old technology mm-hmm. that like we were testing it out. Um, it crashed. They backwards engineer it and added to it. So like the stuff that we found from other countries has never been more technologically advanced than the stuff that we already have. So for me, it's like, it's kind of a hard stretch to think like, yeah, they got better crap than we do. Like, no, it's fucking aliens. Mm -hmm. Because they had to buy battleships from us years ago and then like you know retrograde that shit and add like more cannons and crap than we had on it like they didn't make their own battleships they just yeah gave us a bunch of money and made it better but you know i'm not trying to sound remotely anti-patriotic but it's also ignorant to think that one nation could be the best at any one thing and no other nation is even close to having the breakthroughs and technological advances as the other one because if you look back at World War II, you know, America made some great strides by taking Nazi scientists and employing them rather than killing them. Right. So you can't tell me there hasn't been a few people who have turncoat and then gone to work for, you know, the other side, so to speak. Oh, no. I mean, because that's I mean, that's always like, you know, they're you know, people are going to take our shit and make it better and we're going to take their shit and make it better. Yeah, because someone's going to get pissed off and jaded and then go work for the other company. Yeah. And they're going to be the one guy who had, you know, the the one piece of the puzzle that, you know, we were waiting for. So, But I think with some of these crafts, though, the point that I'm trying to get at is some of these crafts are so advanced that it's not something that's coming from here on Earth because we're all pretty much on par. Like, yeah. The, some of the stuff that we have is so good that if another country got a hold of it, you you can't improve upon it that much. Like our level of human technology globally is kind of at its peak. Like, okay. You know, we ain't getting much better all the way around. So for something to hit the board, that's like, Oh my God, like, you know, it, and we're still using you know, vinyl baby. Yeah. We're still using vinyl. Six. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think it's interesting again, that they dropped this in the middle of all this pandemic and all this political crisis and then just kind of swept it off to the side. So I've had countless people, um, you know, friends, listeners of the show, and also people who don't subscribe to anything remotely paranormal reach out to me and say, can you believe this shit? Like, why isn't it being blown by every single whistle, by every single news outlet, the front of every newspaper? And I said, well, you know, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on, you got to believe that this is the perfect time to announce this thing because no one's paying attention. We still are glued to finding out, you know, 
what's going on with the riots and what's going on with the militarization of, you know, private sector police mm. and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, no one cares about UFOs, dude. If a UFO landed right now in the middle of Times Square, it'd be about the most normal shit to happen right now. Right. And I'm not trying to quote any meme. I'm just saying, like, I don't think people would really bat too many eyes if that happened. And then you also have to think about, too, like, they've always said, like, when they release this stuff, like, the mass population as a whole can't handle it. So right. for those of us who are, like, you know, digging in the news and paying attention uh, to the news, when stuff like this comes out, like, it's very normalized for us. We're like, fuck yeah, I knew fucking aliens existed all along. <laughs> but it's yeah. the normies out there that are like, oh, my God, aliens? Like, three years from now when they finally click on this article, like, mm-hmm. it won't be as impactful to them. Like, you know, they're not right. going to be as scared as they would be now if they were actually paying attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And what's funny, too, is I think a lot of people, and this is not a slam against anybody, it's not a political statement, I think that certain people like our parents' age and older, you've just gone so far, uh, you know, into the point of your life where you're like, you know what, I don't want to be surprised by anything anymore, and uh, there there's just one absolute and that's it. And then it's hard for them to digest it. You know, some people I think could see UFO land right in front of them and then shake it off as something else. Um, We were talking the other night at dinner with my in-laws and my mother-in-law told us how she's like, you know what? We were sitting there on the front porch, just watching the sky and, you know, relaxing. And then all of a sudden we saw this weird craft, like this light just kind of whizzed by in the sky and it stopped and it kind of moved over here. Then it moved over here and then another one appeared and another one appeared and then she said, you know, we didn't know what it was. It was a UFO. And my wife's dad was sitting there, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I can't explain what it was. He's like, I don't think it was any airplane. It didn't move like any kind of jet that I've seen or anything else. Hard to say what it was. And then Shayla says, y'all saw a UFO. And he's like, no, 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 we didn't see no UFO. And it was just funny to see him just shake it off. Like, no, 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 I'm just going to tell you all the weird stuff I just saw but I still can't admit to you that it's a UFO. And I, I said, you know, I understand, like, this is not your forte and you don't really care about this kind of thing. But what you got to understand is a UFO just means an unidentified flying object. And I said, technically, right now, the Pentagon calls them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon, meaning it could simply be something that another country's flying. But I said, take away the idea. It's a little green man, a little, you know, blue alien flying it. You Probably saw <laughs> right you saw something in the sky you cannot explain correct and he said well yeah i said okay so you call that a ufo it doesn't mean it had a little alien flying it It just means you saw something in the sky you cannot explain and i think once i took out the idea of i'm not saying it's an alien it was easier for him to kind of relax and be like well yeah i saw something i cannot explain but I think the problem with day-to-day life right now is, again, you wake up, you eat breakfast, you go to work. You pay your bills, you have dinner, you go to bed, and you repeat, and you repeat, and you repeat. And it's so hard for a lot of people to take themselves out of that specific pattern and realize, you know, there could be room for something else unexplainable. It just, it completely destroys your day-to-day life and your perfect little snow globe of what to expect mm-hmm. every moment of every waking hour. I mean, let's be honest, at this point with the way that 2020 is going, Alien overlords might be an improvement. I don't know. <laughs> it depends what they want to do. 
I mean, if they're the Palladians and they're hot blondes, it can't all be that bad, right? Yeah. Reptilians, Jesus. I mean, Nazis, let's just blow them out of the sky and be done with it. Well, you know, put your foil hat back on. Maybe this is the uh, the great war they were talking about with every single abduction that happened from the 80s through the 90s and then being pulled into little rooms and being shown, you know, videos and pictures of great fires and how humans are going to destroy themselves. Maybe that's what we're fucking watching right now between all the violence and all the hatred and racism and then also, you know, mm -hmm. a pandemic. Fuck nuclear war, man. Maybe we just killed each other out of being pissed off and unacceptable. Wow, way, way to bring it down. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a very important part uh, to be... Sorry. It's a very important thing to be taking part of right now in history as we see, you know, unfortunately what's happening in the news taking place. Um, you're also seeing the potential for the biggest amount of disclosure we've ever seen. So we'll see what happens. We shall see. Well, you guys got anything else to add? I do. Okay, yeah, that's right. You had an article. Boom. What's up? Hit us with your money shot, Steve. Hell yeah. It came out Wednesday, <laughs> July 29th, which is today. It just turned Wednesday for us. Okay, first off, if you could go to space in a ship and like I don't know, as a tourist, would you do it? Yeah. If you it. could tell me what the hell that red, that black cube is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no shit. Okay, so... <laughs> Virgin Galactic, which I would assume is the Virgin of uh, like flight, you know, the Virgin mm -hmm. planes, Virgin Air, Virgin Airlines, yeah. So this is their Galactic model. It, they're getting into the space race of tourism for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a ticket. You get a ninety-minute ride, <laughs> where you go into space. You ascend ninety-seven kilometers, sixty miles above Earth, and then mm -hmm. it has shitloads of windows. There's six seats. You'll be able to peer out the cabin's 12 circular windows as they ascend. And then once you're up there, they're going to be able to unbuckle themselves at peak altitude to float around the cabin in zero gravity conditions. The company has 600 customers signed up to fly and at least 400 more who expressed interest. No date has been set for its first commercial space flight. It's a British owner. He says uh, he's the, the British founder, Sir Richard Branson, is expected to be aboard the first flight. Virgin Galactic has never been made a profit. It's been plagued by successive delays. Blah, 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 blah. It looks pretty cool. It's the the plane. The, the, the cabin features a large circular mirror in the back to allow customers to see themselves in space in a way that has never really been done before. The plane, attached to a bigger carrier plane, is intended to take off from the company's New Mexico spaceport and detach midair to launch further toward the edge of space in a trip lasting 90 minutes. Virgin Galactic is vying for space tourism supremacy with the SpaceX project launched by Tesla founder Elon Musk and the Blue Origin venture headed by Amazon's Jeff Bezos, a.k.a. the devil, the world's richest person. <laughs> Branson floated the business on the stock market in October, securing $450 million funding, blah, 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 blah. So it looks pretty cool. You can see some what I would assume is con really high-def concept videos. It legitimately looks like some of a space-age movie. Except space and New Mexico are two things that don't go together if history has taught us that one thing. Which one thing? I mean, Roswell, New Mexico. Look what happened <laughs> there with space. I'm just saying I don't know if it's safe. I wouldn't trust it. Right. <laughs> I'm putting him in the note that way in case you want to get a picture of that thing. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Thank you so much. So, do we just take every rich asshole there is to space? Because to me, 
uh, you saw what happened with 9-11, you saw hijackings, we're just begging for some asshole to fucking hijack a rocket ship. Yeah, but it's going to be a little harder to know how to <laughs> fly a or rocket ship. Or it's a premise for Speed 4. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, is Keanu Reeves going to be on that plane? Oh yeah, baby. Cool. Well, that seems like we did it to death. Uh, Steve, what do you got to plug, man? Let's cool. get out of here. Check out our Instagram at PXL Paranormal. You can also check out our Facebook page, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Share the posts. Give us the comments. We love the messages. We love the comments. Interactive. It's what makes this show great is a fan interaction, mm-hmm. listener interaction. And shout out to Cody because I told him I'd do that when I did recorded tonight. Went and seen him today. He <laughs> listens to us faithfully on the road as a trucker. So thanks for doing your employment and making America great. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And speaking of uh, listener interaction, please send us more listener stories. We had those two great episodes, and uh, we'd love to start throwing a listener story or two at the end of you know every episode if we can. So hit yeah. us up. Shoot us a DM. Uh, shoot us a message on Facebook. Is it the same thing as a DM? Again. Kind of. Quit trying to be okay. young. Yeah, slide it, slide <laughs> it up in our DMs. Um, or give us a call on our Google Voice number, 913-662-3144. That's 913-662-3144. You can leave up to a three-minute message, so in case you get cut off. Uh, Just call back and pick up where you left off. I wish there was a way to leave a longer message, but so far there's not. But have no fear. Like Steven said, if you want to record yourself telling us a story, record it on your phone and just email us the file. Or Facebook, and I'm pretty sure you can upload an audio file on Facebook. Oh, really? Maybe so, yeah. But yeah, we'd love to hear more of your stories, guys. Please send those in. And then while you're at it, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. We've got Pixelated Sausage. We've got Attack the Backlog. That's a video game series on YouTube. We've got An Amazingly Baka, and we have 13 Nightmares, which we will be recording a brand new episode this Saturday. So hopefully, guys, you should find that sliding up into your feeds maybe Friday the 7th of August. I think we might make our triumphant return from the grave. Cool. Preston, what do you got, man? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow yourself a beard that could catch yourself a band of fairies, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order and get yourself some scents like Bay Rum, Dundee Cedar, Fresh Citrus, Classic, Sweet Tobacco. And if you live in the Wichita area and you need your hair fluffed and tuft go over to www.cutsbycolin.com again that's www.cutsbycolin.com and book yourself an appointment today and ask for the razzle dazzle and then if your back's out of alignment and you got some muscle issues and you'd like some needlework done a little acupuncture go over to threepillarshealth.com and uh, book an appointment today with benny and uh, if you want some paranormal breakfast and you live in the Wichita area, oh yeah, check out the Paranormal Egg Experience, which is right behind Spectrum Music, a little uh, food truck. Uh, they got the uh, Chalupa Cabra. 
they got uh, some uh, Bigfoot breakfast burritos. They have a Loch Ness uh, sausage biscuits. It's uh, pretty good. So go check them out. Give them some paranormal love. There you go. It's pretty rad to find that local. And that blew up on Facebook. Everybody's talking about it. And they responded. It's pretty cool. Yeah, hell yeah, man. We need to jump in in the car one of these mornings and go down there and check it out together. I would love that. Are they only open on weekends? Um, They're various times throughout the week, but Saturday at noon seems to be their prominent time that they're open. So That's what I figured. Well, we'll take a look and see. Maybe, uh, maybe once this stuff kind of lifts up a little bit, we'll see it more predominantly through uh, Wichita as well. So cool. And speaking of Wichita, check out our friends down at Fast Print and Harry and Rock. Go down and say hi to Leslie and the gang down at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. All right. Otherwise, I think we'll cut it and be back next week. So for now, I say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.